Well, if you'd like to open up to Galatians 3, verse 26, that's where we're starting for our message today on Christian adoption. <clears throat> Let's just pray again as we come to God's word. Heavenly Father, as Isaiah said, the word of our God stands forever. We pray that your spirit might speak to us through your word today and encourage us in, in this great truth that we're learning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Oliver Twist is Charles Dickens's second novel. It was released as a three-volume book in 1838. And the story centres on Oliver Twist, born in a workhouse and sold into an apprenticeship with an undertaker. After escaping, Oliver travels to London where he meets the artful Dodger, a member of a gang of juvenile pickpockets led by the elderly criminal Fagan. Among other things, uh, Oliver Twist contains a portrayal of criminals in their, and their sordid lives and exposes the cruel treatment of many orphans in London in the mid-19th century. Well, today, as we come to look at the truth of adoption, we're thinking about God's adoption of us as his children. As we think about the story of Oliver Twist there, um, as I said, it's a story that begins with the plight of an orphan, lost, without a family, and badly treated. But then later in the story, he was adopted by one of the main characters. Well, this truth of God's adoption of us in the Bible is a similar thing, and we're going to be thinking about that as we uh, look at this passage today. Today we're going to look at the uh, story of adoption from the order of time and we're going to think about the past, the present and the future. Just like the story of Oliver, in the past we too were lost and without a family, without the family of God. But what we're going to see that is that in the present we've been saved and welcomed into God's family and we're also going to think about the future, how we are now an heir of God's eternal kingdom. So that's the plan for today as we look at this great truth, thinking about the idea of adoption from the past, the present and the future. So let's get into the past. Let's think about the past. And that is that we were once in slavery under the basic principles of the world, as Galatians says. Have a look at Galatians chapter 4 and verse 1. Paul says, What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, Although he owns the whole estate, he is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. So Paul is referring to the time of the Jews under the law there. But I think in a sense by default, we could also say it refers to Gentiles who are outside of Christ. It's saying that at one time, before we knew the gospel, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. Now, the words there, the basic principles of the world, can also mean the elemental spirits of the world. So what Paul is saying is that when the people of Israel lived under the law of God, then in a sense, they were enslaved by that law and by sin. They were enslaved by the evil spirits who kept them in this slavery. Paul says, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of this world. Also, earlier in chapter 3, verse 24, Paul indicates that there was a time, the time of the law, when Israel was a bit like a child 
under a guardian where he says the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ. That put in charge there in the Greek is the word of nanny. Israel was like a child under a guardian at that time. That that Israel under the law was in a stage of infancy. They were not ready to be a truly, truly fully grown up child of God. See, as we think about the story of Oliver Twist, before he was adopted by the kind character Mr Brownlow, back in Oliver's time as an orphan, in a sense, he was put into slavery. He was working for a criminal and picking pockets and stuck in that situation. See, the life as an orphan for him was a dire situation. And it was the same with us before we were in the family of God. Before our adoption into God's family, we too were lost, enslaved, held under the condemnation of God's law, held under the powers of Satan's dark kingdom. We were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. That's our past if we're to consider things spiritually. So friends, let us not forget this past, but remember the dire situation that we've come from as a non-Christian. In his great book, The Institutes, John Calvin says, we will never appreciate the grace of God until we truly appreciate the dire state we were once in, in our sins. Isn't that true? So these truths we're learning today should make us all the more grateful for what God has done in the gospel. So we've seen our spiritual heritage from the past. We've seen what our life was like before we were a Christian in the past. But now let's think about the present, the present, that in Christ we've received adoption into God's family. So a few verses for us to look at here. We'll start at chapter 3, verse 26. Paul says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And also chapter 4, verse 4, chapter 4, verse 4. When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. So Paul's saying, in Christ, in the present, we've received adoption into God's family. Now in verse 5 there, where Paul says we've received the full rights of sons, the literal wording in the Greek is that we've received adoption that God sent the Lord Jesus to redeem us that we might receive adoption into God's family. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, it was a family moment for us because Jesus pays for our sin, God can now adopt us. God can welcome us into his family. Because of the cross of Jesus, we can now become the adopted children of God. Just think about the concept of a family. God becomes our heavenly father. Jesus becomes our elder brother. And the church, the people in God's church, will they become our brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the family of God, isn't it? We have a father in heaven. Jesus Christ is our elder brother. And all of us, the people of God's church, are brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the wonderful truth of adoption into God's family. Let's take this further. I'll read again from verse 4. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons, 
Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. You see, God sends his Holy Spirit into our hearts so that we can cry out, Abba, Father. Now, you'll be glad to know the word Abba there is not a band from the 1970s, all right? But it is an Aramaic word that signified the most closest personal relationship with a father. It would be like saying the word daddy or dada. This is how Christians can now address our God in heaven. Through adoption, the heavenly God becomes our daddy. This is how Christians can address God. Our daddy, our papa, our heavenly father, our heavenly dad. Do you understand this truth? Have you ever grasped it? Or do you continue to grasp the greatness of it? That God is our heavenly father. And that you are truly a child of God. You are truly a child of God. Praise the Lord. In Christ, we've received adoption into God's family. So what does this mean for us? Well, as we saw last week, we must live like children of the King. You are a child of God. Live like it. We must live like children of the King. Do we live our lives as if we truly knew we were a child of God? Do we feel free to approach the Heavenly Father just as we would approach a loving Daddy? This is the joy that God calls us to in the Christian faith. He says, come, come child, sit on my knee and give me a cuddle and tell me about all the things you'd like to talk about. He says, you don't necessarily have to call me Yahweh or God. You can address me as father. You can call me daddy. You see, do we live out these privileges that we have in the Christian faith to live as a child of God? Now, friend, perhaps living in a family for you has not always been a pleasant experience for some of us. And so it might be a hard concept for some of us to understand that God could be our loving heavenly father. But friend, we know that this is true. We know that we are the adopted children of God and that we do have a loving God as our Father in heaven. So we've seen the past, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world before we were Christian. We've seen the present, that in Christ we've received adoption into God's family. But now let's also think about the future. The future that since you are a son or a daughter, that God has also made you an heir of his kingdom. Have a look at verse 7. So you are no longer a slave but a son, and since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. So we're thinking about the future here, our eternal life with God. See, what we see here is that the present affects the future. Our present status as children of God also has implications for our future, for our eternal life in heaven. See the text there, verse 7? Since you are a son, since you are a child of God, God has also made you an heir. You see, since we are the children of God, 
God has also made us the heirs of God, the heirs of his future inheritance. So let's pick this up also from chapter 3 and verse 29. Have a look at chapter 3, verse 29. Paul says, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See, what Paul is saying there is that as we become a Christian, we become a part of Abraham's family. And what did God promise to Abraham? Well, it was nothing other than eternal life, was it? It was salvation. Remember God's promise to Abraham from Genesis 12? He said, all nations shall be blessed through you. He was talking about eternal blessing there in Genesis that the covenant with Abraham would bring eternal salvation to the people of God. God said to him, all nations will be blessed through this covenant, through you. And this eternal blessing came to us when Jesus died on the cross. Have another look at verse 29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See, when we believe in Jesus, we become a part of Abraham's family and so we become an heir, an heir of the salvation God promised to Abraham all that way back then. See, we are an heir. There is an inheritance waiting for us. And what we inherit because we are Christians is nothing other than eternal life and salvation. This gives us great hope, doesn't it? Believing that we are an heir who will inherit all the wonders of God's eternal kingdom. Do you hang on to that hope, Christian? No matter what life will throw at you, you are an heir according to the promise. You have an eternal inheritance waiting for you that can never be taken away. What great hope Christians have in Jesus. So we've seen the past, the present and the future thinking about our adoption we were in slavery in the past without christ without salvation but then we've been adopted in the present through the death of christ we became the children of god and we know that we've been been made heirs we know that since we are sons and daughters of god that in the future we inherit god's eternal kingdom the past, the present and the future. Adoption, a big word ending in shun, telling us all that God has done. And so I hope that we can remember this truth of adoption and that it might give us comfort and joy in our lives. Do you remember the story I told last week? I asked us to think of a fantasy world of ages gone by with a fantasy kingdom asked us to imagine a prince, the son of a king, that said to the father of a king, Dad, why do I have to be a good boy? Why can't I have fun like all those other naughty boys? And the father of a king says to his son, My child, you must behave because you are a child of the king. Christian, you are a child of the king. But it's not just about behaving, is it? It's also about confidence. You can approach God like a child of the king. Now, can you imagine if the president of a nation or if the king of a nation adopted a child? Imagine if they adopted a child which was to be their only child. 
Friends, no other child on earth would be able to approach the king like that child. It's the same with us. It's the same with us. We can approach our heavenly Father, God. We can come to him in confidence. We can bring to him our cares, our hurts, our deepest longings. He will listen because our daddy in heaven wants to be part of our lives. But will we come to him? Will we approach him? Approach him with confidence, coming to our dad in heaven. Friends, remember this truth of adoption. We're called to live as a child of the king. Come to God and he will receive you. He's the father. He's the father. So talk to the father. So trust the father. So go to the father Know your place in the family. Live as God's children. Live as children of the glorious King. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for welcoming us into your family, for adopting us as your children. Thank you for the blessings that come from this and for the confidence and hope that this brings us. Amen. Amen. 